Welcome to the Lewis Jonker Podcast. Lewis is a speaker, storyteller, preacher and poet. Hope you get something out of this talk. When you first meet someone new, one of the first things that people ask is, what do you do? Or if you're younger, maybe one of the first things that people ask is, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? I know many of our year 12s are probably getting asked that every single person that comes to talk to them is probably asking, what do you want to do with your life? Now, because I'm a youth pastor, part of me still feels like I don't have a real job yet. And so I guess I ask myself that question, what do I want to do with my life? And I guess the simple answer for me is that I want to work for a church. But before I answer it more in depth, I would like to give you a story. I'd like to tell you a story. And the story involves a man named Reginald. Reginald. And the year is 1926. And Reginald Murray has decided in 1926 that he is going to leave home at the age of 18 and spend the next many years of his life in outback Australia, in middle Australia, in South Australia, in the Flinders Rages, as working with like Christian missionaries who were going throughout middle Australia. Now in 1926, the truth is that some of the ways that Christians did ministry was not great with the native people of this land, but a lot of the ways that people did it was also good. So Reginald Murray was going along with Christian missionaries to evangelise to Aboriginal people groups all, all across middle Australia. But he wasn't one of the actual evangelists or missionaries. He was a camel driver. His job was to help load the camels and help transport the missionaries or the evangelists to different places. So he wasn't even just, he wasn't even just like going, like leaving home at 18, I'm gonna go be a great evangelist, I'm gonna preach the gospel. It was like, no, I'm gonna leave home at 18 and I'm gonna help the people who are missionaries by, by driving their camels, by helping like, almost like a, a roadie for the 1926 evangelists of Australia. So he, he leaves everything to go and be a camel driver in the outback. Pretty amazing guy, really. I think, what, what would it really take to decide, okay, I've, I'm finishing school, or school doesn't really agree with me, and I'm not going to do a trade or apprenticeship. I'm just going to go look after the camels for people who are doing Christian ministry across Australia. It almost, it almost feels like there's a cost to that. It made me think about Jesus when he calls his disciples. He goes and he sees James and John, two of his disciples, their brothers. And Jesus is walking along a lake and he sees James and John, his bro- uh, these two brothers, in a boat with their father. And their father's name is Zebedee. Now that's a cool name, Zebedee. I really hope that someone in this church names their child Zebedee. You could call it Z for short. Hey Z, how you going? Zebedee. Their dad's name was Zebedee. And he calls James and John. And he, if, I don't even know what that looks like. It's just like some random dude with a beard walking along the beach sees a few fellas in a fishing boat, and he calls out, follow me. And immediately, they drop their nets in the, in the fishing boat, and they're mending the nets, and they drop it, and it says they leave their father behind. They leave their father behind, and they get out of the boats, and they go follow Jesus. And they follow Jesus for the next three years of their life. They give up their career, and they walk away from their father. They leave their father in the boat, the cost of following Jesus. I wonder if this is what Jesus was thinking about in Luke when he says this, Luke 14, 12. He says, if anyone 
wants to be my disciple. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. That's an intense verse. That's an intense verse. He goes on to say, so therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his mother or his own father and wife and children and brothers, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Well, that's some strong hyperbole by Jesus. But I wonder if Jesus is saying this. He's looking at John and James, his two his disciples there, the brothers. And he's looking them in the eyes and he's saying, you know, if anyone comes to me and he doesn't, you know, hate his, in the first line he says, does not hate his own father and mother. I wonder if he looks around at all the people and goes on. I wonder if he's saying, you know when you left everything? You know when I called out to you in the boat? And you left Zebedee on the boat, you left your dad there and you decided to follow me and it was hard because like, you love your dad, you love your dad and you wanna be part of the family business, you wanna go fishing, but you, you love your dad, but you decide that you're gonna follow me anyway. I wonder if that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus says that there's a cost to discipleship. You have to leave things behind, even the things you love dearest. One translation puts it best like this. If anyone, if anyone, like, it's almost like in comparison. So if anyone, like, loves his mother or father more than he loves me, Jesus, they cannot be my disciple. You have to leave everything. There's a cost. And so Reginald Murray leaves everything, leaves his mother and father's house. And he decides, well, I'm gonna go and follow some evangelists through middle Australia to help them preach the gospel, to help them share the good news, and I'm gonna look after their camels, get their camels water. I'm gonna leave everything. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave my mother and father. I'm gonna leave anything, any studies I could have done in the city. I'm gonna leave it all. I'm gonna go travel throughout middle Australia. I wonder what it would mean to you to leave everything behind in order to follow Jesus. Now, I don't think we actually have to hate our mother and father. I mean, Jesus says in other parts of the Bible to honour and respect your mother and father. So we know he's not saying that, but what, what is the cost you're willing to pay? Are you willing to live your whole life of business with your, the business you run? Are you willing to give all of that to God and to run it in the way that he would lead you to run it? Are you willing to put uh, different things on hold so that you can focus on your family and leading your children in the way of Jesus? Are you willing to leave the popular group at school so that you can sit with the people who might not be as popular so that they can experience the love of Christ? Are you willing to go to your workplace every day where there's that one person that you absolutely can't stand and you have to look at them every day and you have small talk conversations where you put on that fake smile and it's like, oh yeah, that's funny. And you, I don't do this with Johnny at all. I love all my, I love all my friends here. And, and, you, you know, and it's like, are you willing to do that every day? In fact, are you willing to like put all your stresses and anxieties behind? Are you willing to lose it all to show that person love and grace and keep going to that workplace where it's the same old, same old, but hey, if you can keep being the light of Christ in darkness, are you willing to give it all? If you're a young person and you're considering ministry, are you willing to throw it all in to, to go to Bible college? to pursue what it is you're called to do? If you're a musician, are you willing to stay up late practicing the church songs so that when you arrive, you can play them to the best of your ability? What are you willing to lose? 
What are you willing to lose? There is a cost to following Jesus. And so while Reginald Murray is leading the camels around, he ends up in the Flinders Ranges. I've been to the Flinders Ranges, they're absolutely beautiful. And while he's in the Flinders Ranges, he met, and this is a cool nickname, Dolomick. Dolomick, an Aboriginal horseman. An Aboriginal horseman. A world, <laughs> well now a world-renowned Aboriginal horseman. Good at so many skills. Good with the land. Good with animals. And very good at making things out of leather. And Reginald, a white man decides to humble himself and learn from Dolomick. In 1926, it probably would have been very easy for white men to think they had a lot of power and had all the knowledge. It would take a lot of humility to sit and be taught by an Aboriginal horseman. And so he sat under the teaching of Dolomick and he taught him how to make things out of leather like saddles, bags, purses, other things that you need in the outback. If anyone of you is from the outback, you can tell me other things that you need that made out, I guess the little leather strip that goes around the Akubra. Uh, belts, you need those to keep your pants up. And boots. We must humble ourselves to learn. What does it mean to humble ourselves to learn? Jesus says, the one who humbles himself will be exalted. I don't just want to follow Jesus or God into the unknown. I don't want to just leave my boat or leave my mother and father and go into the unknown and just do that like for meaningless reasons. I don't just want to go into the wilderness and wander around blind. When I get to the wilderness, when I get to the unknown, I want to take every opportunity to learn from every experience and to gain wisdom from anyone I can. Even if I hum have to humble myself, I want to be a, I want to be a student of everyone and a student of Christ. It's one thing to give your whole life to follow Jesus, but you also have to humble yourself to learn from him on that journey. And so if you're someone that's been coming to this sermon series and you've heard all about like giving it all up, you know, okay, I'm gonna start, uh, what, you know, different sermons. I'm gonna start financially giving or I'm gonna start using my gifts to serve at church or I'm gonna start going into my world and sharing the gospel in fresh ways. That's all very good. It's important to throw our whole lives into Jesus and to throw our whole lives into the gospel. But we also have to be humble enough to continue learning along that journey. It's all good to receive your salvation, but Christians call it sanctification. We are constantly learning, constantly growing. And so Reginald humbled himself and learnt from Dolomick. And after he gained all these skills, he decided he was going to open up a shop. In fact, he employed many Aboriginals. And he started mating, making some really cool stuff. He started using his skills to make boots and they very quickly became very popular. In fact, I bought a pair. My Reginald Murray Williams boots. These boots are eight years old and I still get compliments. Every now and then someone will look at them and say, oh, are they new boots? And I say, no, they're eight years old. I say, I just polished them. You know, that's a bit like faith. Sometimes your faith can get a bit old or worn out. 
Sometimes you just need to get out the polish. So this morning, before the morning service, I got out my boot polish, and I polished them up to look all nice for the Sunday service. Gets all over your fingers, the boot polish, or I'm just actually, <laughs> it gets all over my fingers. You're probably good at polishing boots, but it gets all over my fingers. It means you have to spend a lot longer like in the, trying to wash your hands. But anyway, that's just me. And so I polished up my boots real nice, and I get them looking good. And I don't know if you've ever been like in your faith, in your faith journey, it's like, you know, you start to feel tired, you start to feel weary, you start to see a few scuff marks along your faith, you start to feel a few scuff marks in your heart. I encourage you, get out the boot polish. Get out the boot polish. Maybe spend a few minutes reading the Bible, maybe spend some time in prayer. Maybe take an hour to get away by yourself in the wilderness or by, by Gosford waterfront to sit with Jesus and just polish them up. Well, how long? How long do I need to spend reading my Bible or praying? Well, about as long as it takes to polish your boots. Now, that's different for every person. You should see my dad polish a pair of boots. I don't know if my dad's ever put on a pair of boots without polishing them first. He was in the Navy. So is my sister. They really teach you how to polish them boots. For me, well, I just get out a bit of... Takes me about two minutes. <laughs> hey, if you spent two minutes every day polishing up your faith, even just two minutes, you're going to spend the whole rest of your day shining. People will see reflection on your boots. Their reflection on your boots. It's all it takes. It's all it takes. Or you can get meticulous and really get in there, like you know, really get in these little crevices and really get it all looking nice, and then polish the, then polish. Oh my goodness. He makes good boots, and Reginald said this. If you make something good, people will make a track to your door. We made simple things that people wanted, and we kept them simple. The design for Reginald Murray's boots hasn't changed since he learnt the design from Dollar Mick. It's still made to this day. Most expensive boots in Australia. I'm not rich. I got him as a 21st birthday present. I really hope, <laughs> really hope I get another pair for my 29th. Maybe I should put that hint out there. <laughs> if you make something good, people make a track to your door. We made simple things that people wanted and we kept them simple. And I think this is true about the gospel. And this is the way that I want to live my life in this church. And this is the way that I want to run this church service. I want to make something good that people want. In fact, not that just people want, that people need. I know that people need the gospel. And I know for a fact that it needs to be made simple. I want to make sure that when people come in these doors, the gospel is made simple. They can capture it and get it in their hearts. And you know what? I want to keep it simple. That's my whole thing. It's my whole thing. Because the gospel is like a pair of boots. All you've got to do is make a good pair, polish it up, and they'll last a lifetime. The good news will last a lifetime. So he started using his skills. Just like Evan taught us last week, whatever you're good at, do it. But then he got very, very, very rich and old. Sadly, he's passed away now. This is Reginald Murray Williams, R.M. Williams, a name well known around Australia. In his biography, he writes that once he started making all this money because, well, he sells his boots for a hefty price. 
He says that one day he was just sitting down and a scripture came to mind, Luke 9, 25. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? In some of the other gospels, Mark, Matthew, it says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? He, I uh, guess he made a lot of souls. <laughs> what does it mean if you make a lot of, if you do a lot of work, if you do a lot of things and you lose your soul in the process? It's very important that we reflect on this. As he got older, he realised that life wasn't about hanging out with like all the people with money, all the people that had things. He realised, I've got all this money, I'm doing all this stuff. In fact, at one point, he sells his company just to move back to Queensland to be back on the land. He said, I just want to be back on the land where it all began, with animals and cattle, making things out of leather because I need them for my work not just to hang out with the high society. In fact, he writes this quote at the end of his biography. If the man Jesus were to step inside my door or come knocking, would I know him? Would I welcome him? I might. And what would he say to me looking through my facade of respectability into my soul? I am torn by the tragedy of it all. How do I follow him? How would I know God if I saw him? I shall look for him among the young cloud, the sorrowful, the have-nots. Maybe he will be there and will know me. How powerful is that? Giving it all, counting the cost of discipleship to follow Jesus, isn't just about throwing your life away. It's not about like throwing your life away, just throwing your life away into the, into, the, into the abyss. It's about throwing your life into something. It's about throwing your life into the gospel of Jesus. And the gospel of Jesus, to prepare for this sermon, in one sense, this is an eisegetical sermon. I've got a message on my heart because God told me to research R.M. Williams this week. And I've got this idea on my heart that the Spirit sort of has given me and then I've gone to the Scriptures to prove the points I'm trying to make tonight. But I have done some exegesis this week. On last Monday, I read the entire Gospel of Mark out loud, the book of Mark. If you read the Gospel of Mark out loud into a microphone, it takes about an hour and a half, not counting all the mistakes, so it took me about six hours. And I was reading the Gospel of Mark out loud. And I encourage every one of you, if you get a chance in your life to read the Gospel of Mark, it's the shortest one, do it. Because I tell you what, was I convicted? When I read it, it was like one continuous story. The themes are very clear. The themes are very clear. It's pretty much, the story of Mark is the story of all the religious institutions attacking Jesus... <laughs> because he's so, <laughs> he's doing things that according to their traditions, they're not meant to do. So they're just attacking Jesus. And the whole story of Mark is just them constantly attacking Jesus, constantly attacking Jesus until they finally get a chance to have him on a cross and kill him. But then Jesus overcomes it all by rising again. 
That is the entire story of Mark in a nutshell. And it's almost like every good thing that Jesus does as you read it as one continuous story is just to pr- pr- like prove the religious institutions wrong. It's like he's healing people and he's, he's, he's sitting with the have-nots and he's doing all the things. It's, because, it's almost like Jesus is trying to say, that isn't it anymore. And so as I'm challenged by this sermon myself, the next few years of my ministry, I want to make sure I'm spending it among the unclouth, the sorrowful, the have-nots. Maybe Jesus will be there and maybe he will know me. So when I say I want to give it all up, that's what I mean. I don't just want to throw it away for nothing. I want to throw it away and into the gospel of Jesus. So what does it mean for you tonight? to give it all up to follow Jesus, to follow God into the unknown, into the wilderness like Reginald packing a camel. And what does it mean for you to humble yourself and learn from all experience and wisdom? And once you have learnt, what does it mean to take your learnings and to make something of it? And what does it mean even after you've made something of yourself to throw it all away again, to spend time with the people that don't have anything? What does that mean for you? So if you were to ask me, what do you want to do in life? So what do I want to do in life? I want to leave it all behind and forsake it all to follow God into the unknown, no matter the cost. And in the wilderness, I want to treasure every experience and humble myself to learn all the wisdom of Christ from the Spirit, from the good book, and from others much wiser than me. And I want to use that understanding to give others what they need, a simple gospel, and I want to keep it simple. You ask me, what do I want to do in life? I want to make boots.